Let's, uh, let's pray. Father God, today, that's our confession. Um, not, not that we love you, but you love us. N- not that we bring something into this relationship that you don't already have, but that you just bless us so much. And today, Father God, we, we give you this time in our hearts. We pray you would work. We pray you would transform us to receive your love, to know your love. And uh, I just thank you so much for the blessing that worshiping you is to us. That we get to taste the kingdom of God in worship. And so today, Father, in every way, we pray that you're working in our hearts and minds, preparing us for that day when we'll meet you face to face. And we'll know you because you love us. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so here, here's what's going on. We got a lot of kind of variables this morning. <laughs> you know, if you've been around Family Bible for any length of time, you know there's always things changing. And sometimes they're changing actively. Like while we're here together, things are changing. And um, we had something we were going to share right now, but I'm going to actually hold that because I, I would love for us to get to, to get into the Word and spend some time together. And then we're going to talk about some things on the backside going on. So kind of changing that up. Um, and there's one thing that I just kind of want to bring to your attention. And I don't, we don't really know what to do about it so much, so we're going to kind of I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. We don't have, have anybody today to teach the pre-KK, you know? <laughs> Pre-KK. The, the, it's, a, it's a classroom of some small people, four and five years old. Now, see, here's the problem, because it, it seems to me, I, I think, you know, we have nursery in the back, and we just keep everybody in here, and, you know, we got coloring sheets, and we got crayons, and that'll work fine. But then I got some moms saying, this will never work. <laughs> so um, I, I don't know what we're going to do with that. I would love to have everybody stay in here, to be honest with you. But it's going to be a little uncomfortable, maybe. I mean, it might be that um, you hear a, a kid, and I hope that, you know, maybe it's not hard on moms to pay attention. Now, if, if someone uh, wants to completely override this thought of mine, you're welcome to do that. This is the Church of Jesus Christ. And you can do that, um, and we can just take those kids back to pre-KK and send them off on their merry way. So... I'm going to let that be open because I don't know what to do with that, really. But I feel like, you know, we're here, we're together, we're family. Huh? Do you, do you want to do that? You would love to do that? You're completely overriding my authority here this morning? <laughs> if, <laughs> yeah, right now. No, I'm not. I'm actually not asking for help. I'm advocating for a position of a kid staying here, but if you want to take them, I'm saying if someone feels compelled to do that, um, by all means, we can go and have three, three uh, pre-KK. You know, I know there's some moms who would like to have that happen, but I, I'm also the opinion that we're the family. You know, this is how family works. You ever been to a family gathering? It's kind of chaotic at times, right? I love it, the chaos. So anyways, it's up to you, Deb. If you want to do that, you can. I'm not going to stop anymore to talk about this. <laughs> so, yeah, Chris has a book. Whatever you guys will work out. I really want to get, uh, spend some time this morning because, what, now here's the thing that the, you don't know. If you're not volunteering, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how many we have. They're in this room right now. Um, so if you want to send a pre-K or K out, that's what, four, four and five-year-olds? Yeah, four and five-year-olds, right. Um, so everyone else is staying with us, all the other kids. We do have those coloring sheets. I, now, here's the trick. See, some people are, are getting a chance to leave now because today, if you didn't know, is actually an interactive worship experience. Did you guys know that? What? <laughs> Were you guys here last week? 
you've all been warned. Today is an interactive worship experience in that we're going to talk together about what we sense God is doing. Now, if you didn't grab one of the um, engagement sheets that you were encouraged to grab earlier, I hope, I wish you would have, and you can grab one at any point during the service. But there are three questions in the back. Now, we're not going to go down these questions and ask. These are kind of things that stimulate your thoughts. We're going to get into the Word of God, and we're going to let God speak, and we're going to share together some things that we sense God is doing, okay? Now, I do want to let, you know, Someone said, are you going to call on people? No, I'm not going to call on you. But as you feel compelled to share, share. You know, and we'll just kind of see how that works, how, how it goes. Uh, we believe that, you know, part of our conviction here isn't that God has his special select few people he's speaking to, but we actually have a conviction at Family Bible Church that God is moving in your life. You know, like, besides Sunday morning, besides when you're at church, that God is actually right beside you every day of your life, revealing himself to you wherever you are. And he's saying, look, pay attention, listen. And our goal here is that we would be the kind of people that would be looking and paying attention and listening to the God who is speaking into our lives. This is the transformation of the gospel. This is what it looks like to live with God. And so um, I hope that you do that. And our prayer is that today we're taking a break. It is Labor Day. We're taking a break and we're going to listen together to what God is doing. Now, see, I know that some of you already are feeling like maybe a little uncomfortable. I've heard a few people already say, well, I'm not a very good public speaker. And I got this microphone. And I know for some of you, the closer this microphone gets to you, the more anxious you become. You know that I might actually point to one of you today and ask you to share what God's been doing in your life. And see, the anxiety builds. Now these guys are like, oh, thank God he walked away. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't know if you've ever been put on the spot before. I want to tell you a brief story of my experience and a conviction that someone shared with me about being ready, always being ready. I was, um, I was with some friends, and we were doing a nursing home ministry. And, and we showed up with these friends of the nursing home ministry. And for once in my life, I thought, I didn't have to do anything. You know what I mean? I mean, when you start to follow Jesus, he gives you these chances to do stuff. He's like, yeah, hey, do that. Hey, do this. And you kind of keep just trying it. Sure, I'll try that. And you get to a place where you're finally I was finally glad that t- today I was just going to be in the room. I was just going to be part of the crowd. And, and a great, um, ah, friend's not the right word, mentor, example, elder, um, someone whom I not only respected because of his age, but I respected because of his walk with Jesus. That as a young person, I knew he had experienced so much more already in his time with Jesus than I have experienced in mine. And so I was really eager to minister with him, which meant me staying in the back and watching him, you know, minister. And he got up in front of this nursing home uh, group, which is, you know, usually a smaller group and usually more women than men. That's how these things work. If you've never been part of a a nursing home ministry, by the way, we have one at Family Bible Church. Um, It's not nursing home, it's assisted living, but you're welcome to come join us. You'll see the ratios. But I was in the back and he came up and he did his welcome and then they played some songs like we did this morning and then all of a sudden he says, well, friends, we have a special guest this morning that's going to share a word with you. Pastor Bill's in the back. 
And I just went, no. Now you think, yeah, right, pastors always want to speak. No. I mean, we pray, we, we labor, we, we, we were concerned. And I'm going, I'm looking for my Bible, and I'm going to the front of the room. And I mean, and the grant, but I'm just panicked. I'm just freaking out. And I got up there, and I said, and I don't know if you've ever been put on the spot like that, but I was just in an absolute panic. I can't tell you what I said. I kind of tried to say some cute things, and I tried to think of a good scripture, you know, on the fly. But I'll tell you what stuck that day. It wasn't what I said. It was this. At the end of it, obviously, I wasn't ready. Obviously, I wasn't prepared. And this great man of God stood beside me and he whispered in my ear, Bill, always be ready. Always be ready. So this morning, I hope that part of your experience here is to learn that, to always be ready. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles with me, if you would. It's going to, we're going to look at, uh, actually, you don't have to open them if you don't want to this first one. First Peter 3, 15 and 16 is we're going to be looking at. But actually, I'm going to put up here on the screen for you. It's kind of small. If you have eyes like mine, you probably can't see it. But this is what, this is what the uh, Apostle Peter writes to the churches. He says, In your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. And always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ might be ashamed of their slander. And this has become, this, this one verse comes as kind of an admonition to always be ready. And, and that day when my friend Ray stood beside me and he said, Bill, always be ready. He was referring to this. Always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have in your life. I want you to notice too, and if you look in the context of this passage, it comes not in the times of greatness, in the times of easy living. It comes in times of difficulty. It says when trials, when you're faced with trials and struggles, it says whenever People are wrongfully accusing you. Look at the, the last of the verse. It says, when those speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ, that means you can be doing the best you can do to follow Jesus and there's going to be some accusers. But in that time, when people come to you and say, how do you have the hope? Be ready to share the reason for the hope that you have. And so that time, and and in that way, I've tried to learn that lesson. And um, this isn't, see, this, this takes everything away. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's good times or bad. It doesn't matter if it's, you're feeling good or not. I mean, always have a reason. So today, I'm going to give you a chance. I want to share something. And then if you want to share, and this is really, you know, by the way, um, I said before, I love the whole talk back thing. So this is like, well... So we've been journeying together for a long time. Some of us just a, a few weeks, some of us for, for years. The question is, what is God showing you? What is God revealing in your life? The three questions on the back of, our, of your sheet there says, where have you seen God moving in your life? Or this one, if someone were to tell your story, what would they say? Or what challenges do you face in following Jesus every day? These are kind of the questions. I, I want to share something. This, this this morning, and, um, and I'm going to ask you if you want to. 
you know, I, I told some of you I'm sick today. I'm, I got a cold. It's not a big deal, but it's true, right? And the hardest thing for me this morning, and I stood in the door back there, I stood back right around the soundboard and stuff, was having to tell every person that came to me, I, I can't shake your hand or hug you today because I'm sick. And you go, yeah, okay, great. When I was up here and we were singing worship, praise to God, I realized how, how that's true in our life, that sickness keeps us from relationship. That the very fact that, that I'm ill inhibited me from hugging or greeting or talking in close proximity. And you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of sin and, 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 and this different with God because the truth is that we believe we have to be well to talk to God. We, we believe that this, this sickness that keeps us from him is an inhibitor, and it is, of our relationship, but he loves us. And so this morning, when the word that kind of came to me is um, that where I, where I would stand apart and I would say, I'm, I'm, I'm sick, I'm sick, you don't want this, you don't want this, God would just wrap me in his arms and say, no, I know, I know. That we need that healing from God. We need his remedy in our life. So that's one thing for me that God just, just shared today. I don't know, would you guys have things or, or what's going on in your life? And somebody has to go first. You will? Is that what you just said? I know, but you said you'll go first, didn't you? And you don't have to stand up here, by the way, but she's going to because she's already up here. Okay, so um, if I kind of felt like I would speak yesterday when I was driving the car, and if I had been smart, I would have looked up a Bible verse that God had laid on my heart the other day, so I remembered it. But um, there's a couple of things God was like kind of, you know, like things dawn on you. And so earlier this week, I was doing something, and I was just thinking about... Um, how we can get overly focused on happiness as like a goal. And um, so anyway, this is the only thing I could remember that God showed me this week. Um, so I guess this is the one, it's kind of goofy. I guess I'm supposed to share it. So um, I was thinking about that and I'm like thinking of different cliches of like why you don't want to pursue happiness and then I, or the fruitlessness of it. And then um, I realized I'm like, okay, happiness, pursuing happiness is like chasing a wild turkey. Um, and that's because, I don't know if you've ever chased a wild turkey. Uh, Graham and I, when we were in New Hampshire, we decided to randomly get out of the car because we saw one and we're like, we're gonna go catch it. And um, obviously we didn't because they're really fast. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's a great uh, illustration of what pursuing happiness is like as your goal. Like, it seems like an obvious thing, but it can really become, you know, a God in your life or... Yes, I knew what to say before I came up here. You're doing but great. Anyway. Um, just, I guess, in connection of that, a, wa a month or two ago, I was riding my bike, which is now Josh's bike, and it um, has one brake, and it's very rusty. And I was thinking, man, if I just had a new bike, this would be like excellent, you know, with like shiny chrome 
and I see people riding by, I'm like, dang, I want that bike. And then it's like, no, Sarah, that's not good. And, um, you know, that's like envy. And then I w realized, I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to just decide, I made a conscious choice to be happy with the bike I had. And that, you know, I don't necessarily have to have a brand new bike. And then that same day, my dog, like, ran off and I was chasing her again and trying to track her down with my bike. And I ran into this woman I knew and she won wondered why I wasn't, I was walking my bike down the hill instead of riding it. And I told her, well, I have one brake and I didn't want to, like, fall off the bike. And um, she's like, well, I have a bike and if I don't end up using it, I'll give it to you. And so a couple months later, um, yesterday, or the day before, we went and picked up this bike that she gave me and it's like super awesome and better than a bike I could have like decided to buy myself or put on a credit card. So anyway, the verse that uh, God had given me was that um, essentially if we're pursuing what Christ wants, God's gonna provide everything we need to do his work on this mm -hmm. earth and um, just realizing that I don't need to uh, you know, a lot of times I get frustrated in my own strength because I can only work part-time now, and so we're not having as much income as we used to have. And um, so... Do you know what the yes. verse is? I have no idea. It was some... I don't remember where it was, so... It was a couple in mind. I have in mind. Okay. Yeah, that was is basically... Is it like, um, what is it? Help me out. Is that it? No. Seek first the kingdom. I've had the same experience with that verse, though. Okay. And all these things will be added into you. It's that. Or don't chase after these things. The pagans pursue them. Your God yeah. knows what you need. Don't live as the world, or yeah. Yeah. Cool. Love those verses. So. Thanks, Sarah Walker. FYI, in case you didn't know that. <laughs> there was a brave soul in the back. Yes, sir. I'm coming this way, so I don't freak out the sound system. Thanks, dude. Hi, I'm Jay. Um, I don't know most of you. Um, I'm a sophomore over at Greenville College, and I started coming here last year, and I really liked it. And so I was really excited to come back um, because I knew I'd be able to come here again. And I would like to meet um, all of you guys. So um, I'm kind of shy sometimes, though, so I don't like to go to people and meet them. But anyway, um, I just really felt like I should talk about what God's been doing in my life this past year and a half. Um, I'll start like two years ago. I was coming out of my junior year and I was like, oh man, I love God so much. But I think I wanted to follow him, but I wasn't ready to give up the things of this world. So I was kind of split and not really giving my whole heart. And then um, I went through my senior year and then I came to Greenville and I was like, oh yeah, I love God. But then things started going really, really badly in my life. And I kind of... Um, lost everything that I treasured in this world and as that happened I kind of just stopped talking to God and it wasn't like I was mad at God but we just I just stopped talking to him and stopped caring about what he had for my plans or anything like that and in the second semester of last year I just sat in my room like every night and didn't do anything and I was just wallowing in all this pain and hurt and not giving anything up to God and I was like I'm fine I'm just just having a hard time and then I just kept living for myself and doing whatever I felt like and then this summer um, it just kind of kept going and I kept seeing people that would 
say something about God, and I was just kind of, yeah, that's cool. But um, I went on a mission trip, and God showed me, like, how much he was working and showed me that, like, I really need him, and that was really cool. But I'm always skeptical of how I feel after mission trips because there's always that high of God, and so I was like, I really want this to last like I do every time. But then I had like three days at home, and then I went on a camping trip. And right after the mission trip, I saw how much God loved me and how much he just wanted to be with me. Um, And then I went on this camping trip in the Smoky Mountains, and I truly saw God's power. And so first seeing his love and then his power right after, like I realized the fear of God that I should have. Mm. And getting to know him so well in like three weeks totally changed my entire life and now I just all I wanted to do was pray read my Bible get to know him more and as I could look back I could see how God had been putting little things in my life to remind me about him so that when I was ready I would just totally fall down at his feet and um, if I would look back at myself six months ago I wouldn't even recognize myself I'm a totally different person now and Anytime someone's like, does anyone have any prayer requests? I'm like, right here. Um, I just want to pray that God would help me keep him focus, keep me focused on him. Mm-hmm. And he's been answering that request. And every morning I try to get my Bible. And every night I try to get my Bible. So there's no way that temptation or selfishness or anything can get in the way of him. And so um, I just want to be here as an example, like how much Christ can change someone in just a short amount of time. And if I can be changed from who I was, to who I am now, then anyone can be changed. Mm-hmm. And um, so also take that as encouragement for people that you see that you think, oh, they would never want to follow God or they don't really want him or care about him. Don't be ashamed to go and tell them about Christ because they need him and mm-hmm. God can change anyone. Wow. Praise God. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> Other side of the room, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow right past you. Lance, I'll come back. All right, brother, Wes. Hello, my name is Wes. Whoa, I have a booming voice. All right. You doing good? Um, this is only my third week here, so if I was bowling, this would be a turkey. Um, <laughs> good. Cool, awesome. <laughs> um, I'm actually a senior at Greenville College, and so I'm having to start go through that. I'm going to have to find a job after all this. I'm, I'm having pressures come on me. I've got to create a recital because I'm a music major. Yeah, I'm a David in disguise. It's awesome. Big guy, booming voice, Jesus. Okay. But um, lately what's been on my heart is um, lately there's just been a lot of people tearing me down, hurting me just emotionally. Just, and although I'm a big guy, I have feelings too. It's weird, I know, but I have feelings. Um, so a lot of these people are my friends, who I claim are my friends. And that's what hurts the most, is hearing friends who never tell me these things, that they either don't like me or they're only friends with me for so and so reasons. And even though I have more and more reasons to hate these people technically or dislike them because they've lied to me and they're totally being two-faced, um, currently, I'm going in a class where we're reading through First John, and nobody who hates his brother can walk in the light. And more and more, I mean, we watch a video, he is friend to the friendless, he is hope for the hopeless, he's the salvation for sinners. 
forgiveness and love have to walk hand in hand. And just because I'm being treated one way doesn't mean I have to reciprocate the same way. God has shown me repeatedly. I'm shaking right now. This is weird. Yay, Jesus. Awesome. <laughs> Hallelujah. So basically what I'm saying is that God is moving in a way that I don't understand. He's ac I'm actually doing what he says in loving people. Good. <laughs> I love it. And I love what I'm doing. I'm loving this weird shaking sensation. This is fantastic. And I wasn't prepared to talk about this at all, but this was, I mean, I woke up with this on my heart. It was the first thing I thought of was my relationship with my friends. And although I can't fix them necessarily, I can at least try and be a Christ image to my friends because that's what we're here to do. We're here to be like Christ. Paul calls us as Christians, followers of Christ, little, little Christs. So that's what I'm trying to do. Praise God. Thanks, Wes. I promise. There you go. This is fantastic, and, and Bill is probably thinking this is going to be really cool as long as Lance doesn't get the microphone. Too late. Too late. Too late. But, um, uh, you know, I just want to uh, piggyback on a couple things here. You know, Sarah mentioned, you know, happiness not being our pursuit or the thing that drives us, and that is so true. As I was thinking about some of the words in the songs we were singing earlier. You know, one of them says, you know, let what breaks your heart break mine. And if there are things that are, are breaking God's heart, that means that, that there is not always just happiness. So I think that kind of relates a little bit with what Sarah was saying. But Jay, I'd encourage you, brother. That's an awesome story. Uh, the cool thing is that we don't change just once. We keep changing and we keep being renewed and it's an ongoing process. So that's just fantastic. And, and I love your sharing that. And same thing here. This is, you know, this is more about what body life is, is to be about than just Bill standing up there talking to us, which is cool. But this is more like what it's really about, is all of us engaging in, in um, you know, our walk together. Um, the last thing I wanted to share is that when we talk about uh, being ready to have an answer or, or things like that, what I've learned in my life is that if I, if I approach my Christian walk as a Sunday morning thing or as something separate from everything else in my life, then I try to have a mechanical, um, you know, formula kind of approach to sharing Christ. You know, we learn the four spiritual laws, we memorize how to share Christ, and we, we do that, and it's mechanical. And people who hear it know it. So having an answer, being prepared to have an answer is not to mean, you know, memorize a way to share the gospel. What it means is be able to, to give a testimony. And, and testimony, if, you, if you've ever been in court, and we won't go into any details about, you know, which side you're on in court, but if you've ever been in court and you're called to testify, you can only testify to those things that you have seen, that you have experienced, that you have done. You can't talk about what somebody else has done that's not testimony. We can only testify to the things that we have experienced. And if we have experienced Christ in our lives, throughout our lives, other than just Sunday morning, there's something to be told. And there's a testimony there. So really, we just need to be able to talk about that. And that's not hard. I mean, that's just talking. So it's not supposed to be kind of a, a formalized thing or a class that you go to to learn how to share the gospel. It's telling your story, like it says on the 
the card there telling your story and what Christ has meant in your life. So it's not hard. It's really kind of simple, um, and we just need to do it, I guess, is, is the point. So this excites me. I'm, I'm really glad we're doing this, and I'm encouraged by, by folks' testimony. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, can I, you know, one thing, and I don't take the mic away from you, but um, that requires relationship, though. To, to be able to give an answer at any time requires an ongoing relationship. Right. Meet with God. <laughs> and one another. Anybody else? Hmm? We've got two hands over there. We'll stop here on the way. No, go ahead. Chris. Hi, I'm Christopher. Um, I remember Bill saying last week, maybe have something ready or whatever, but I totally forgot. And when he said something, <laughs> I was just like, it kind of fell in my heart to do it. Um, I'm in kind of a situation right now where I'm part of a leadership team, but I'm the only one that really uh, exhibits any, anything as far as what a believer should exhibit. Um, and it, it's, it's really struggling for me right now. Um, but... I know that if, if I just keep my, keep my nose to the ground and just do what God asked me to do, then, um, then I know that, that he, will, he will be shown through me um, the right way. And I know a lot of you might find yourself in situations where you, know, you might feel like a fish out of water as far as um, being kind of an outsider. but. Uh, just know that God's got, got his plan for you and that he's not going to put you in a situation that you can't handle. Uh, and just he's, he's constantly just trying to remind me to be strong and uh, just go through every day, show up, do the right thing, and um, you know, he'll be shown through that. And I didn't come up here thinking I was going to cry, but I always say that the thing that, that I'm really the most passionate and the most emotional about, it makes me terrible. I'm a dick for meal. I just cry about everything uh, if, if, I really, if it really means something to me. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I get up and I talk in front of people every day. I teach. <laughs> so, uh, but those are kids usually. So, um, but... Uh, I just want to. I just want to encourage anybody who's in a situation that they feel like they might be alone, um, mm-hmm. and they don't have a whole lot of people to uh, to lean on. That you can always lean on God. That's right. Praise God. I'm inclined to remember a verse of scripture. What is it, Lance? The sequential events, perseverance. Builds what character? It's in the New Testament somewhere. <laughs> See, we are biblical scholars around here. We know the Bible inside and out. Do you have your, you ready? You want, huh? Colossians. See, we're narrowing it down all the time. <laughs> Praise God. Hi, um, I'm Mary Jane. Um, I wrote out mine. Um, I've been thinking about this for quite a while, and uh, 
every time I thought about it, I thought of something different I wanted to say, and then the next time I thought I forgot what the other thing was. So I decided I had to write it down or I would never make it through it. Um, God has been working on my heart for quite some time now, prompting me to share my story. I had been wondering what would be a good time to do that, and then Bill last week suggested that this week would be a good time for testimonies. So um, I'm here to uh, talk about how God's been working in my life. Um, I'm equally terrified and excited to be sharing my story. Um, Bill has been talking lately about the Little C Church and how things are should be different and they shouldn't all churches shouldn't be the same and somehow we need to differentiate ourselves from most of the other churches and that is one thing that I've been feeling God prompting me to do and that is to bring out the family aspect of Family Bible Church um, I think most importantly we need to get to know each other personally and I've been prompted to tell my story in hopes that it will inspire others to share their stories too. If you ask most people that know me, they know that this is way out of my comfort zone. Um, but that's what God prompts you to do. And when you need the words, um, he'll provide them. Um, when my first marriage fell apart, I decided that I wanted to make a good life for myself and my kids. So I went back to school and I got a real estate appraiser's license that would allow me to be available when my kids needed me and to make a fairly good living. Um, I've always been a self-sufficient person. In fact, my aunt always said that my favorite words as a child was me selfie do. And I thought that I could do things by myself. But this was not the case. I needed God's help and I didn't come to realize that until many years later. Our life had been okay, but something was definitely missing. Like a lot of people, I looked in all the wrong places to fill that void. Um, I made a decision to start dating again, and uh, the going rage was the internet. My cousin had found someone and married them through the internet, so I thought I'd give it a try. Well, it was an experience and a half. I met people from one range to the other, but I did discover what I wanted and what I didn't want. Um, after about two years of what I call surf dating, my father died after a long battle with cancer. We had not been close when I was growing up because he was a truck driver and wasn't home very often. But after he retired, we became very close. Um, we did a lot of things together, a lot of things that uh, fathers and sons would do together because I inherited the carpenter gene from my grandpa and I came to Dave with my own set of power tools and uh, the willingness and ability to accomplish and tackle anything. Um, I wanted my father to be proud of me and I knew that he wouldn't approve what I was doing with my life. So I had not been, so I knew I needed to make some changes. I had not been to church in a long time. Um, growing up, I was sent to Sunday school, but my parents didn't go to church. They went back to church after my father was diagnosed with cancer. 
Um, it's funny that a crisis will send you back to where you should have been all along. Um, so I decided to find a church to go to, and I did, and started um, going, and I had found what was missing in my life. Um, there was a change in my kids also, and I started to pray to God to direct my life. He attempted. Sometimes I listened, most times I didn't. Again, I thought I knew what was best for me and what I needed to do. Um, my life was an up and down roller coaster until my brother died suddenly of a heart attack in November 2006. And I knew that no matter what we felt, we were not in control of our lives. And I knew I needed to make some major changes, both physically and mentally. And I prayed to God to give me the strength to do what he wanted me to do and to get my life in order and do what he wanted for myself. The day after my brother's funeral, I was cleaning up my yard in preparation to put out my Christmas decorations. I had finished, I went to the garage to put away the rake and head to the house for a shower. As I crossed the concrete pavement of the driveway, I tripped on what I swear is only a quarter of an inch rise in the concrete. As I, what felt like a long time, flew through the air, all I could think of was, what do you want to hit? What do you want to mess up? And I put my right hand down and moments later, I was screaming in pain. I had dislocated my right elbow. After I got back from the ER, I looked at the concrete, and it's like, there's no way I should have tripped on that little bit of rise. Um, in hindsight, I believe that God had a plan, and it was in this plan that I was caused to trip. I believe his plan was for me to have empathy for the person that he had planned to bring into my life and the person that I had prayed for him to bring into my life. The day after my accident, I was sitting in the living room on the computer and I got an email. And it, this email was from David Stahl. He had contacted me through Match.com and he had explained to me in his email about his stroke and that he didn't have the use of his left arm and I had commented that after my recent accident, I didn't have the use of my right arm. And between the two of us, we made a hole. And that is exactly what we do. We complete each other. And since meeting Dave, my life has been a dream come true. He is the one I prayed for, and he is the one that God sent to me. Um, Shortly after we met, Dave asked me if I would attend Family Bible Church with him, and I did. Um, a couple of years ago, I had stopped going to church for several different reasons that really aren't important right now, but I had been wanting to return to church. Um, my experience had always been with the, what you would call the traditional church setting, um, I'd never gone to a church that didn't meet in a church building. And I come to find out that the building isn't the church, it's the people within. Um, I want to share a little bit about my family. Um, I have two children, 
Erica, who is 26, she lives in Chicago, currently um, studying design, graphic design. She'll be graduating this December. I have a son, Kevin, who is 22. He is attending Western Illinois University, um, studying chemistry and forensics. I have three stepchildren, Chris, who is 28, married to Leslie. They just spent a year in Kenya doing missionary work. They now live in California. Um, Curtis, 26, who is married to Monica. They live in O'Fallon, and he is a computer program tester. And Monica is an elementary school teacher. Corey, who is 24 and married to Robert, they currently live in Mississippi. She is a stay-at-home mom with our two grandchildren, Libby, who is two, and Robbie, who is seven months old. Robert is a CB in the U.S. Navy, and beginning of October, he is going to be transferred to Effingham to do recruiting. Yay, the grandkids will only be an hour away now. <laughs> Um, I love being a mother to all of our children, and being a mammal is the best. This past winter, Dave and I spent five months in Mississippi um, with Corey and Libby awaiting the arrival of Robbie while Robert was deployed to Afghanistan. We were able to do this for several, due to several circumstances. Dave is retired on disability, and I am technically retired appraiser due to the real estate market right now. So I didn't have any work that would hold me here. Um, we had made arrangements. We had just sold our house in Highland and we had made arrangements with a neighbor to look after our chickens while we were gone. Um, our stay was originally to be three months. As we were headed down there, we found out that his deployment had been extended another two months, which would have made our stay five months. Um, Corey said she could come up here, but it was just too much of a hassle, and we decided that we would just stay the five months. Um, being able to be there that long um, enabled us to do things that we may not have done had we had to come home sooner. Um, we had remembered that Bill had talked when they went on vacation, um, they would check out a church nearby just to see what other churches were like and I never thought about that before when you went on vacation and so we were down there earlier in October for a few weeks and I went on the internet and checked out um, non-denominational churches and I found one that was only 10 minutes away so we decided to start going there um, the name of the church is Freedom River and they are basically like family Bible church they rent a spot in a strip mall on Sundays um, we were welcomed as if we had been going there forever. Um, I really liked the way that everyone treated each other. And um, they had a program um, that they call School of Leaders. And they have like a four-stage program that they have their people go through. And because we were going to be there longer, we were able to participate in this first um, stage that they have and it's called um, the seven principles of experiencing God and um, this is based on a book writ written by Richard Blackaby and um, the first session I wasn't able to go to because my son Kevin had slipped on the ice at school broke his ankle so I had flown home to be there for his surgery 
and a few days of mothering. So Dave went to the first session without me. And when I got back, I asked him how it went. And he said that Pastor Keith had said that after going through this, our lives would never be the same. And he was absolutely correct. Um, as we got into the course, I began thinking that this would be a good program that I could bring back to my current Bible um, family group. And I'd bring the material back, I'd give it to the leader, and he would lead us through it. The further we got into the program, the more I felt that I was the one to bring the material back and lead it. Um, this, again, is way out of my comfort zone. Um, I kept thinking of reasons or excuses why I wasn't the best person to do this. I felt I was not a teacher. I didn't know the Bible well enough. I didn't know enough scripture. Um, now I figure out I'm really not alone there. <laughs> um, and if somebody had a question, I wouldn't have the answer because I'm still trying to figure things out myself. But the more I went through the program, the more I realized that I could actually do this with the help of God. Mm -hmm. um, we'll see, because Monday night I'm going to start leading our group through the seven principles of experiencing God. Um, since finishing the course, I have been able to discover where God is working and what I can do to be a part of that. Um, it's rarely world-changing what our involvement is. It's usually one little piece in a series of many pieces leading to an outcome that we usually don't know about and sometimes not even until years later what our participation was. Um, I want to give you an example how the seven principles have led to me being here today um, sharing my story. Um, the first principle is that God is always a work around you. He's been working to set up a chain of events leading to me, leading me to where he is working. The second principle is that God pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. God has been pursuing me for a long time, and I have finally accepted his love, and I am allowing him to direct my life. God invites you to become involved with him and his work, and I believe at, he is at work here at Family Bible Church. He has ha allowed me to be involved in things, um, and I have several ideas on how to emphasize the family and Family Bible Church. And the fourth principle is that God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. In the last few weeks, I have had Bible passages come to mind before Bill talks about them that have related to the ideas that I've been thinking about. I've been praying for wisdom for the best approach to implementing these ideas, and circumstances have allowed me to participate in activities that I would not have normally had time for or would have thought myself qualified for. The fifth principle is God's invitation to you to work with him always leads to a crisis of belief that requires faith and action. A crisis of belief is to imagine myself having something to say or to do that that would possibly influence someone else's life and to have the courage to take action instead of just thinking about it. 
The sixth principle is you must make major adjustments in your life to join God in what he is doing. This, I believe, is letting go of the control that you believe you have in your life and allowing God to work through you to accomplish his purposes. Doing things that are out of your comfort zone and trust that God will be with you all the way. The seventh principle is you come to know God by experience as you obey him and he accomplishes his work through you. I am beginning to recognize not always immediately, but often later on the results of what I've been involved in. One of the things I believe that God is directing me to do to build on the family part of Family Bible Church is for us to start wearing name tags. Um, an important thing in a large family is to get to know each other's names and a little bit about one another. I don't know about you, but I am horrible at remembering names. I can remember I see faces, but the name, and you can tell me over and over and over again, and I just can't get it. Um, several people that I've been talking to think that this would be a good idea. It'll be voluntary. I know some people don't like wearing name tags, but you're just going to have to figure out another way for me to get to know your name. <laughs> Um, I want to get to know everyone here personally. Um, there are a couple other ideas I've been tossing around. I believe it's important for everyone to be involved in a family group. I believe because of the love and support and examples that I've received from my Monday night family group, I am more able and open to the challenge, challenges that God has put in front of me. This session, Dave and I are signing up again for our Monday night group. We look forward all week to Monday nights to see everybody. For those joining our group, we look forward to getting to know them better. We also are attending another family group during the week because we want to get to know more people. Um, for those that do not um, or would not like or would like to be in a family group but don't think they want to give the weekly commitment um, that a family group involves. I had thought about possibly having a game night or two that several people could open their homes for an evening, say a Friday or Saturday night, and you would sign up, you know, however many people you think you can host, and go to someone's house and have play games, share snacks, and uh, just get to know each other. Um, I believe the one-on-one -on -one interaction is the best way. Um, so to start this, Dave and I are going to host a game night at our house. We figure we got room for an extra six people. And it's going to be Friday, September 17th at 7 o'clock. And I have a sign-up sheet in the back. So um, that we get the ball rolling. That's it. <laughs> Praise God. That was long. See, are you guys listening? Because God's been saying a lot to MJ. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I mean, I mean it. She, she said, before we even talked about this, God would have it on her heart to share with us. To actually believe that God is speaking in our lives is a profound shift from where most of us live. We think God's out there somewhere. We're not really sure. I want to remind you, and we're going we're gonna to wrap up the service, because some of you are thinking, man, are we going to get out of here today? I know that. Listen, in 1 Peter, and by the way, I just want to, I'm going to pop through here, but there was a whole bunch of stuff you don't have to listen to now. Isn't this cool? Look at this, all this stuff I had planned for you. 
All right, so at the end, I'm going to push through here to the very end because in 1 Peter, let me go through here right quick. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. We're going to close out. This is the key. And I heard it repeatedly today in the people who shared. First, in 1 Peter 3, I want to read it to you again. 15 and 16. In your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. The difference that I heard repeatedly isn't that, that God was a good idea or that Jesus was a good teacher. It was that I made a shift from living a life where I'm okay with God to where God is in charge. To where every morning I wake up and I submit to him. And I don't know where you are in your life today. I can tell you this. The, somebody needs this microphone, don't you? The fundamental conviction that we have here at Family Bible Church is the best thing we can give you is encouragement to have a relationship with Jesus. I mean, we can't impart any other gift to you than encouragement that you would receive the truth of the gospel. That you would live in the relationship with Jesus every day. That you would fundamentally believe when you wake up, God is going before you. And so today, if it, you know, it starts super easy with Jesus. He says, follow me. And if you've never read the word of God, I encourage you to read it. If you've never talked to God, it's called prayer. I'd encourage you to do that. If you've never had an honest conversation with a friend about why they believe what they believe, I pray you would do that. But today I'm going to invite you to pray with me and then we're going to worship and the conversation will continue this morning and out there in our lives. But I'm going to invite you to, to take that next step with Jesus, whatever it is for you today. So if you would pray with me, please join in. Father, today we've been... Um, just amazed by how you're moving among us and how you're revealing yourself to us. We pray, Lord, that we'd be the kind of disciples, the kind of followers of Jesus that wouldn't just be a cursory, Jesus in my back pocket, I got my card punched, I, I don't have to worry about hell anymore, but a real, vibrant relationship with him. And today, maybe, God, we feel a little humbled because we think, well, well, we don't have that experience or we, we don't see it. And so today we're going to ask, Father, that you would open our eyes to see how you're moving in our life, that you would draw us into this relationship of love. Father, that the, the sickness that separates us and sin, you would abolish it. You would heal us from it. And then today, Lord, in every way, what we want is real life, real deal, Jesus our Savior, our Lord, our Master, our friend. We want that every day of our journey. And whatever comes of the rest of the world, that we know we have peace with you. So today, Father God, we give you our hearts and our lives. We pray for uh, eyes to see what you're doing and, and a heart to confess it to one another. And we just thank you for this time of worship, this time of prayer, this time of consideration of what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.